All right, so the goal of today is for Vera, Sophia, and I to sit up here or stand up here, and then all of you to usher by, and we're going to lay hands on you and anoint you. That's where we're going. We're going to anoint you to do some cool stuff, and they've been, uh, they've been notified now, so prepare yourselves. <laughs> That's how this works. If you're rolling with me, you're rolling like, you get five minutes notice, period. That's about as much as I have, so... Either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it, but you're going to be put on the spot all the time if you're with me, so that's just how it goes. All right, we're going to read today uh, one passage, uh, John 14, 6 through 14, and this is a beautiful, beautiful thing. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. The idea today is that they know the Father. I just, they, we'll get to the they, who they are. But the idea that they know the Father, the Father being God. And so we'll, we'll circle around that theme today. Let's go to the next slide. It says, Jesus said to him, he's talking to his disciples, one of them, but they're all there in a group. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, my emphasis is on the no one comes to the Father except through me. You guys know this passage. This is, we've heard this a lot. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Foundational fundamental summary of like what the church and Jesus was and is. The, the New, New Testament church in the book of Acts, it, they talk about them as the way. They referred to the, the New Testament believers as being part of the way. It was so fundamental to how Christians and, and followers of Christ described who they were and what they did. This one line that Jesus spoke, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Everything centers on Jesus and our connection to, our reliance upon him. That is foundational to who we are. We know that. That's not the emphasis today, but I just I want to remind you guys, there's nothing that you can do that is of eternal gain, lest it be in connection with, in partnership with Christ. It's really important. You can do so many things, good things, but a lot of those things will, will live a cycle that is maybe meaningful for a moment, but it, they eventually pass if they don't have the endorsement and the internal, the eternal kind of fingerprint of Jesus on them. I just, I'd remind you guys of that as you're, as you're aspiring in your careers, as you're aspiring in your, your, your devotions to things. Just, just take stock periodically Am I, am I doing good, or am I doing good with Jesus? Those, are, those sometimes can be separate. They can sometimes be different. And I would just encourage you guys that, that your alignment with, with the way of Christ is not just in doing what is logically good, it's in doing what he is endorsing you to do and following him with absolute, absolute strictness to the degree that you feel that you can. And that's the, it's, a, it's a big call, but you're all empowered to do it. And so it's a beautiful reminder that he is the source of not just life, but all the eternal good things. So let's get into this. So it says, no one comes to the Father except through. Say through. All right, through me. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's like, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Maybe you understand it, maybe you don't. But here's the simple fact. You can't get to God the Father, unless you come through me, through me. We remember, we've talked about Jesus as the Lamb, John the Baptist, when Jesus walks up, John the Baptist goes, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God. What does that mean? Remember the old, the Ark of the Covenant, that whole, like, that whole thing that Moses did out there where we have the types and the shadows where he had to sacrifice a lamb as atonement for sin. There's this model that's established through time, through hundreds of years of people following God through the Old Covenant, and Jesus arrives, and John the Baptist goes, Old Covenant explains how we get sin removed, but there is the Lamb of God that will take away the sin, not of God's people, Israel, the world, the world. So Jesus is the beginning of a bigger sense of access to all of humanity to God. It's a beautiful and special thing. And so Jesus, in saying no one comes to the Father except through me, he's pointing to this fact, 
that I am the new passageway. I am the new and forever gateway for you to have access to God the Father. It's fundamental, it's foundational, and you have to accept it or you're just gonna choose to do something else. It's a big shift, it's a big change. Let's go to the next slide. It says, this is all, in all our slides today, this is one passage, all right? So if you wanna go back through this later, it's John 14, six through 14. It says, if you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Okay, starting to add some things to this. It's not just about eternal access to God in this abstract way. Jesus is starting to explain, if you know me, you actually know him. We're kind of the same, all right? And then he goes on, he says, from now on, you've actually seen him. All right, what do you do with that? Well, let's see what Philip did with that. Let's pretend it's not you. Let's pretend it's, we just watch somebody else go into this interaction. Go to the next slide. It says, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. All right, look down, look at me, look at me, look at me. So Jesus says to you, from now on, you've seen the Father. Philip goes, okay, how about you just show us the Father, and that'll be good enough for us. <laughs> Doesn't that make more sense? I think he said what we all would be thinking. Jesus is like, there's no way to God but through me. But let's just say, from now on, you've actually seen him. Philip goes, how about you just show him to us and we'll call it good? All right? Let's look at this next line. Jesus says to him, have I been with you all this time? Philip, me and you, we've been together, right? For years. Haven't I been here with you me and you this whole time, and still you don't know me? Philip's like, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say anything right now. <laughs> and Jesus says, Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And Philip says, How can you say, show me the Father? Philip. <laughs> Philip doesn't talk again for the rest of this whole passage. <laughs> See, Jesus, Jesus just, he, he, he's, he's lived with these guys for years. And he's starting to show them some things. He's starting to reveal some things about the spirit realm to the disciples that the disciples were just not ready for. Truthfully, we're not really ready for it. But Jesus was like, not, Jesus hadn't learned this stuff, and then he was teaching it later to his disciples. Jesus was living this stuff. He was the manifestation of this spiritual truths. Not just this passage, but like all of them. He was the embodiment of the perfect expression of the Spirit of God living and working through humanity. Jesus was embodying it. He was literally not giving instructions on a wall saying, this is how you become an apostle. This is how a prophet prophesies. This is what it looks like to be born again. We really wish he would have done that. It would have been so much simpler. All he did was he literally lived it out. He just lived it out. He lived out the perfect expression of being fully consumed 
I'm going to say different words here, like fully manifesting, fully taken over, fully the same spirit. They're all one as God. He lived it out. And so it's later in this, this cycle of him being on earth doing these works. So we've been with the disciples, we've been with Jesus, and he's been healing thousands of people. He's been telling the people what the message is. It's like, you got to go through me to get to the Father. Everyone's like, yeah, we got it. I'm the Messiah. He doesn't really say it. He's like, you said it. Don't tell somebody. And then over here, he's like, I'm going to save your life. It's all about me. But he's like, you, don't go tell anybody. Mysteriously, he just kind of navigates this world of he, he knows he's the lamb. Like John said it, not me, but it's true. It's like, I'm the lamb. He knows the big picture, knows the story. But then he's also modeling what it's like to have the spirit of God in him. Remember, who was his dad? Bringing you back to the basics here. Joseph and the Holy Spirit who impregnated his mom. Got that? Jesus was actually like more spirit than most of us, right? You guys like that part? Remember that? Okay, this is cool, right? Jesus was living as the embodiment of someone fully spirit and fully man because his mom didn't have him a natural way, okay? So from the very beginning of his life, he was living as we can live if fully consumed by the Spirit of God. He was modeling it. You guys got it yet? Good? You want to get to the anointing part, or do you want, should we say a little bit more? <laughs> okay, I got, there's a lot more here. It's kind of cool. I like it. All right. We kicked all the bad stuff out, so this is just good stuff today. This is all good. This is good today. So the disciples have been with him for a while, and he's just modeling everything, but he gets to this point in the book of John where he's like, I'm going I'm to explain some things. And he actually, towards the end of the book, he, or this passage, which is like multiple chapters, it's dense, there's a lot going on. He goes, guys, I'm explaining all this stuff to you so that you could have joy to the fullest. There's no, I, I know this is confusing. Basically, he's like, you're confused. <laughs> I know it. You know it. It's all over Philip's face. Philip just stops talking. He's like, you don't get it. I know you don't get it. But the Holy Spirit's going to come later. This is in chapter 15. He's going to come later, and he'll, he'll remind you of these conversations, and you'll go, oh, that's what he was talking about. And here we are 2,000 years later, and we're like, oh, that's what he's talking about. I don't know what he was talking about. This is weird stuff. I've read the book of John 100 times. I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's the normal progression as we begin to work our way into the Spirit of God, into the, into the manifestation of God in us, that we more and more become like what the book of Revelation calls the manifested sons of God. The idea is that sonship connects us to God directly, just like Jesus was the Son of God. He's directly connected. But he, he manifested the Spirit of God in the flesh and then we, as a generation that follows him, become sons just like him. We're in that same lineage. And we, over time, become more and more mature and we manifest that same spirit, the exact same one, in the flesh in the same way. Jesus knew that over time his disciples would progress. They'd begin to understand, oh, this spirit is more than just like a buddy that shows up and was like, hey, don't eat milk. You're going to be allergic to it. McCary family, apparently. I don't know where we got it, but... It's rough. All my kids, they can't eat milk hardly at all. I know you don't care. That's just, that's my problem. It's my problem. It's, it's, it's following me to the pulpit. That's how serious it is. Can't have cheese in my house. I love pizza. It's a problem. All right. So it's not just this buddy that shows up and he's like, I want to help you. It's actually a spirit living inside of you and you're surrendering more and more of yourself to it, and you become more like Jesus, 50% spirit, 50% man. And the spirit of God is with you and you're doing. And so as the disciples start to understand this more and more, as they're led more and more and, and manifest more and more life as it, as it related to being connected purely to the spirit, they, they are 
drawn back to these conversations and they understand Jesus was the Father. He was actually the same Spirit manifest on earth. Let's keep going. So Jesus says to Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Philip, show us the Father? Next slide. Philip is getting smaller and smaller in this conversation, by the way. Listen, he keeps going. It says, do you not believe that I am in, say in, in the Father, and the Father is in, say in, in in me? Okay, okay. You guys follow that? Jesus saying, like, I hope you guys are seeing the connection. I'm in, my spirit is in him, and his spirit is in me. It's not physically. He's physically standing there. God is wherever God is. We'll call him up there in heaven. Jesus wasn't saying, I'm like in him, like tuna fish in a can, physically in a can. My spirit is there, and his spirit is here. We're in each other. We're one. And Jesus is saying, don't you know that's how this works? The words I say, I'm up here again, the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells, say dwells. dwells. Okay, when you get a house, you guys, you, you dwell, it's like a dwelling. He lives there, it's like a home. The Father who dwells in me, that spirit from up there is in here, does his works. I'm going to read that one more time. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. All right, so he's gone from just saying I am him and he is me to now he's saying the things that come out of my mouth are him and they're mine. They're the same. We're one. And why do the words that come out of my mouth matter? Because it's him speaking through me. You go, oh, I thought it was just all prophecy. I thought that Jesus was just like on a weird like telephone line to where it's nothing but words of knowledge all day long. Where he was getting a download and that's when he was effective and powerful. See, I think that sometimes we wonder about God working in miraculous ways through us we wonder about it because we're wondering when will he turn the volume up to where I could hear him so I could follow him in that dramatic way. And you go, well, Jesus must have just been a real good prophet and heard really clearly. But this is pointing to something completely different because he's talking about his words here, but then he starts to talk about his works in the next slide. But I want you to understand something. Jesus' power manifested on earth wasn't become because He was the perfect prophet, although he was. Because what I want to get at is that you have the same inheritance that Jesus demonstrated, and it's not because you have perfect hearing, it's because he is in you, and you are in him. That's the model. That's the pattern that Jesus demonstrates for us. When you receive the Holy Spirit and you say, I want to be baptized, go under the water, and be born again, come up out of the water, and his spirit is indwelling in me now, you are a son or daughter of God. You've been born into the family of God. There is no other spirit you need. There is no other revelation you need. You're one of his now. The change that needs to happen for all of us is an understanding that it's not about God activating us and like giving us specific instructions at all times. It's about him being in us and we're in him and our actions are his actions and his desires are manifest through us. Oh, you're looking at me like, like the guy that was talking to Jesus and then he just stopped talking. <laughs> you remind me of Philip with your eyes. It's okay, we're gonna keep going. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? 
The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me, he does his works. Go to the next one. Believe me. Just believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you don't believe me because I said that he's in me, believe me because of the works themselves. Go to the next slide. Very truly. Say very truly. (laughs) Why does he have to say very truly? He's like, I'm telling you it's true. That's what that means. I'm telling you it's true. I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. In fact, say in fact. I'm telling you again, it's true. They'll do greater works than these. All right, don't go to that next section yet in your, with you. This is one, I've read this, this whole sequence for years, and it's just confusing. It's just a lot to me, like it has been. It just feels like, I, you know, it's, it's Jesus. It's how he does these things. He says stuff, and you're like, huh, what is he saying? Why didn't he just say this simpler? And I'm just like Philip. I'm like, hey, man, just show me the Father, and we'll call it good. Like, let's just cut to the chase, like this abstract stuff. It's not easy to, like, parse with your own mind. But there's something going on here that's fundamental to how this whole thing works. It's a spiritual reality. Jesus said to these disciples, I'm explaining to you who I am. And then I'm going to explain to you who you are as a result of being in me like I was in him. The invitation Jesus makes to all of us is that we could lay our lives down and ask him and his Holy Spirit to indwell in us. I know you guys have heard that before. Like, that's kind of fundamental to Christianity. It's like the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. We make room in our hearts. And you go, heart is a physical thing. Well, it's a spiritual like type. It's, it's a spiritual conversation. I make room in my spirit arena, my home. I say, bad things out, Holy Spirit in. And he's this in. But then what does that mean other than I'm going to heaven? It means so much more. And you can't understand what it means for you unless it, you understand what it meant for Jesus. You see, Jesus was the model of all good things. He was the model of the perfect prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He was the model of what it looks like to be the son of God. And he said, I want to invite you into the family of God And you make room in your life for the same spirit to live in you. And then what? Well, I die and I go to heaven, Vince. That's what this is all about. That's part of it. But I'll tell you, there's more to it because you're going to be alive for a while. If it was just about that, you'd say, Jesus, come in. I'm making room for you. And he'd go, good job, Vince. You're dead. Come on up. You did the right thing. You passed the test. My grace is sufficient for your life. It's time to come home. We all win. You got over the finish line. That was what it was all about. You're dead now. Congratulations. You get to live with me for eternity. Wasn't that rough down there? Wasn't that great? People have actually built whole worlds of philosophy and thought around it's going to be great when we move on. We really love the idea that once, once we die, it gets good because we can't reconcile the hardship and the challenge that happens here on earth. And you're missing the, I'd say, a big portion of the point if that's where your thinking stops. And I will say that is true and it is good. There's a lot of, like eternity is, is a promise and a beautiful thing. But there's this now portion of our life that we have to wrestle with Jesus about. We have to say, God, I think I understand what you were saying. Philip was slow. I'm much faster than Philip was. If I were there with you, I would have said this. So what you're saying is, God's spirit's in you. And you've kind of surrendered, and so you're, you're in him. And Jesus would go, good. And you say, so 
That must be why you go and do all these crazy things all the time, because it's got, you're demonstrating God's desires here on earth. You walk around and you find the poor. You find the lonely, the broken. You find all these people with diseases and issues, and you ignore all the wealthy, rich, wonderfully religious people. You just kind of, you get frustrated with them, and you don't even focus on them. You turn and you go, where's the ones that need me and need, need help? And you go, and you walk right in the middle of them, and you're like, I'm here to help. I'm the savior of the world. Here's my hand. I'm going to reach out, and I'm going to heal you physically. I'm going to heal you emotionally. I'm going to give you hope, not just for eternity, but I'm going to give you hope for the remainder of your life because God himself manifested in this moment through me is here with you. Your life is forever different because you are not an outcast. You're not broken. You're beautiful and you're whole because God has made you whole. Get up and walk. Go. So Jesus, what you're saying is when you did that over and over and over again, you were actually showing the earth what God himself would do if he were here among us? And you're saying it wasn't you doing it, it was the Father doing it through you. And you're saying even the words that you spoke weren't your words, it was the Father manifesting in you. It was that spirit that you share prompting you. It was really, it was like it just came out of you, though, because you guys are the same. And Jesus would go, oh, you're an amazing student. This is amazing. You're unbelievable. I've been looking all over for you. And then you'd say this. Well, Jesus, aren't I born again? Aren't I part of the same family as you? So, so if I share in the same spirit that you share in now, does that mean that I can do the same things that you do? And Jesus would get quiet. He would just look at you, he'd go, go on. What else do you have to say? And you'd say, I can do anything that you're doing because it's not me, after all. It's the Spirit of God in me, just like he's in you. And that's where all of these amazing things happen. It's not, it's not, it's not anything but like that Spirit being in me, right? And Jesus just go, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Jesus, he said, he said, Phil, haven't you been with me for years? Don't you know that I am the expression of God himself? Like he literally expresses himself to humanity through me. And then you, May, you'd go, oh, okay. I see where this is going. I'm supposed to be God in the environment God sends me to. You go, whoa, whoa, that's blasphemy. May is, May is blas. No, no, no. We're little gods. We're little gods. We are Jesus manifest on earth. We are here to demonstrate the same values, the same love, the same authority here that Jesus did if he were here, but Jesus was doing it because the Father was prompting him to do it. Do you see the chain reaction? Do you see the family line? Do you see the inheritance? And I just, I'm so sad because so long we've sat in God, we've sat and said, not gone, we, we've sat and said, I can't wait until I become qualified to heal the sick. I can't wait until God sends me to do his works on earth in a way that's so obvious to me that it changes the world. There's a confusion about how this works. Jesus actually demonstrates that the only thing that's required is spirit connection to the Father, and for us, spirit connection to Jesus. And then he goes on and he, he says this passage that a lot of people love to quote. He goes, because I am going to the Father, so this is Jesus, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Go to the next slide. 
If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. We love that scripture. And we always go like, why doesn't he do what I ask him to do? I pray. There must be like some mystery. Like I just, I gotta fast. I have to break up with my boyfriend. (laughs) I gotta break up with my girlfriend. I knew they were bad. I gotta quit this job. That's the last like thing. I gotta get up in the morning earlier and pray. I've gotta do something in order for him to do what I'm asking him to do. It's on me. The difference between the person who asks of the Lord and the Lord grants the request and the person who is fishing for things that God might do for them is that the person who's praying in agreement with the Spirit of God who dwells in him is praying the will of the Father because they are of that same Spirit. They're not guessing as to what might be best. They're just, they're, they're knowing that Spirit of God that's in them to such an intimate and refined level that they just know not to request things that aren't on and they know when their own will and their own desires are reaching out and trying to accomplish their own outcomes. They just know the difference. And see, the thing about Jesus and what was so beautiful about him was he had it all surrendered. His flesh was dead. He was the man, perfect, he was the manifestation of perfection. So you say, what is possible in my life? Well, you could get to a point where every prayer you prayed was answered in a way that you would see it manifest on earth. But it would require that no part of you was overriding the spirit of God that was in you. No part of you was stepping ahead. You say, well, no, if God's will, God's good, so God wants everyone that's sick to be well. Good. Does he want everyone that's sick to be well that you lay your hands on and pray for today? Maybe. The the bigger picture is I have to walk with him in harmony because the spirit of God is in me and I'm, I'm in complete unity with it. I'm not reaching out ahead of where we're at. You see, so many times... I just know this about myself. I've reached out and I've said, God, do these things. Do these good things. And God in his wisdom was like, not now, boy. (laughs) Not now. Good prayer. Not now. The not now, he doesn't usually explain. The not now creates a ton of mystery and a ton of confusion at times because it's really simple. God would, would do this if he were here. The part of the equation, the part of that spirit connection that needs to mature and grow in me is the willingness to yield in all things at all times, to trust and obey in all things at all times, to never go ahead of where the Lord is. Jesus did this with perfection. And so here is the invitation. The invitation is to begin to understand that you are empowered by right because you share the same spirit as, the, as Jesus to do the works of the Father here on earth. You have the same spirit in you that Jesus did while he was here. And so the only thing that changes is that you begin to go through a process where you're yielding like Jesus yielded. You say, I wanna go around and lay hands on everyone that's sick and they're all healed. That's a good prayer. And you say, that's Jesus' will, that's God's will. That's right, that's, that is God's will. How long did it take Jesus to start seeing healings in his life? He waited until he was 30. He was perfectly aligned with the Spirit of God from the time of his birth. He was living a life fully dedicated to the the direction and leading of the Lord. Having the authority, 
having the power, knowing his inheritance, knowing what he was called to do, he wouldn't move a muscle in the spirit until he knew that the Lord was directing him and guiding him. And I just want, to, I want, I want you guys to understand what's coming for our church and what's coming for you. God has promised so many beautiful things. There's going to be so many healings and signs and wonders and all those things here. They're going to happen through you guys. The, the thing that will be the precursor to the manifestation of all those beautiful things is you waking up in the morning, partnering with the Holy Spirit and saying, I love you. You're everything. I want you to take out anything from my, my dwelling, right? We got this house that we're responsible for. I, I open the door to anything it comes in. I close the door to anything it goes out. Holy Spirit, I've opened the door to you. I want you to come in, and I want for the rest of my life to walk in this beautiful harmony with you to where I can ask for anything and it will come to pass. But I know that if I'm really yielded, I'll be asking for things that are in alignment with you in that moment. I'll actually be seeing and hearing in the same way you would see and hear. I'm not like a five-year-old that's running around going, I want candy. Give me candy. I got a bank account that's got tens of thousands of dollars. Give me candy. You can afford it. It's true. But there's this governor on that bank account because it knows that you would be gorged with candy by the end of the day. You'd be so full of candy that you'd just be throwing up all over the house. And you'd go, I hate candy. Candy's made me ill. Candy's made me sick. I'll never eat Twix again. When I was, God, I had to have been nine, I went with my grandma to Costco. My grandma was the best. My grandma was like, you pick out one candy bar you like, and we'll get a case of that candy bar. <laughs> we got Twix. And I ate so many Twix. Because she was my grandma, and she thought that was great. I'd go to her house, and I'd probably crush two, three, four full-size Twix a day. I don't like Twix that much anymore. <laughs> it was not appropriate. The timing was bad. The, the, the bank account was right. I, I got what, you know, I got it. If we would have been a little more discreet, a little more discerning in the consumption of Twix, I might still appreciate them to this day. There would have been some wisdom in, like, metering out the Twix. There's something about walking with the Lord where he will make you, he will take you places that will keep you healthy. He will not allow you to go places where you will become unhealthy and just, just die effectively. Be overrun by the things that are ultimately good. But I'll tell you, it doesn't mean that it's only for certain ones. It's only for certain ones that would pray for those that may be healed. There's only, there's only certain sicknesses God's going to heal. In this. No, 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 no. There's only certain ones that are yielding, and it's not just a one-off healing. And, and many of you will pray for people, and they'll get healed, even though you're just totally clueless and have no idea what's going on, and you're just gorging yourself on Twix every day. And no, no discipline, no discernment, no good behavior, no good character, but you, play, you pray a prayer, and for some reason, God comes in and heals a person. And you go, oh! This is awesome. This is how it works. What we want is a lifetime of walking with the Lord where the power of the Lord and the glory of the Lord is manifest on us in such a way that every environment we go to, we're partnered with him and the spirit of God is there to, to change lives. And so God is going to come and begin doing those things here. And so for you, the invitation is not just to observe, it's to do. But here's the requirement to do well. The requirement to do well is that you understand that it's you partnering with the Spirit of God, honoring that Spirit in your life, not just for works, but for relationship. You guys notice what Jesus, he, he, 
He tried to get the disciples to believe because of the nature of who he was. And he's like, if you can't do that, then go to the second tier, the lower tier, and look at what happened in the field, the works. Now, of course, guys, those are good. Of course, they're amazing. Lives changed, people healed, restored, all those things. But Jesus knew that there's a higher worth for seeing the character or nature of a person that looks like, acts like, sounds like, embodies the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of God. That's the value. That's the value that God has for you. He's willing to entrust his own spirit inside of you. That nasty little dwelling that you are. (laughs) Sorry, that was funny for me. I just had to say something like that. I like saying stuff like that. I can do that because I'm up here and you're not. All right. (laughs) I just know you and you know me and we're humans and we're not worthy of that. But the truth is, like, he's like, I want to put this beautiful thing in there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it and entrust you to start to take on more and more of my nature. And it's my nature that I'm, I'm interested in manifesting on earth. I'll heal people. I'll set them free. But my long-term goal isn't that the arm's not broken anymore. It's that my nature is taking over in that life. And that life is carrying my nature into all these environments and places. And peace is reigning. And joy is reigning. And so Jesus could turn to him and he can say, don't you know me? Don't you know that I'm him? Don't you feel it? Haven't we been talking for years? Don't you feel it? If you don't get it, you're looking at him. Like God is here with us. It's in me. If you can't can't see it or feel it, Look at, look at the fruit. And I would just encourage you guys, so often we're, we're, we're focused on the fruit, but the truth is it's the spirit and nature of God being intimate and close with us that is the everlasting, powerful change. And so I want to encourage you guys in preparation for the wondrous works that are to come through you. Value the spirit of God in you. Value his prompting and leading above all things. Above all things. Above promotion, above uh, healing signs and wonders. It's the spirit of God that is, is near me and leading me. That is of the highest worth and value. And trust me, if you yield, you might find yourself yielding for 30 years as a carpenter's son, wondering when your time might be. Having family go, hey, can you get to it? We need some wine here. Can you, can you do some things? You've spent all this time with him. You, like we see you praying, crazy Jesus. What, when are you gonna do this for the rest of the world? And you're like, he just hasn't said it yet, mom. It's not time. It's me and him still. The highest value Jesus had was for his king. The highest value you must have is for your king. The closeness, the nearness, the recognition that the spirit in you, it's the same as you. I see myself when I see you. I look in your eyes and I see you and I see me and we're the same. Or do you look in his eyes and you're like, "Ah, I gotta get out of here. He's gonna see me. I need fig leaves, I'm full of sin. That's a natural reaction and it's okay, but don't run. Run to him and then just realize, I gotta gotta make room for his spirit to take over more of this dwelling. This house has to be fully his. I gotta get the witchcraft and necromancy out. I gotta clean the house. I gotta make sure there's not any part of me. There's not any part of me that's contrary to this spirit because it's the God of the universe. He's coming closer. It's Jesus himself manifest in me. And like him, I could do great things here for my time. All the dreams that I've ever had about seeing blind eyes open. All the places I've ever dreamt of going, being sent as a missionary. All those things can come if I'm with him. And our spirits are the same. And I'm increasingly carrying more and more, not just awareness of who he is, but awareness of him 
taking over me, and the awareness of me kind of taking a backseat to the new, like, spirit side of me that just has priority in all things. It's a heavy, exciting, unbelievable opportunity. And I just want you guys to know he's proud of you. He's proud to have chosen you. He has invited you here. He's inviting you into this dialogue. You're not less than. You're not on the fringes. You are someone that God has specifically chosen and said, I want you to be me, Jesus on earth. I'm going to send you out and you're going to carry my spirit and you're going to see the fruit. But just realize it was never your doing. It was never your qualification. It's your leaning in to the, not like external partnership with the Holy Spirit, the internal partnership with the Holy Spirit where he is growing bigger and bigger. I'm growing smaller and smaller. Let's go back one slide. I want you to see how Jesus addresses them here. It says, so I tell you the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. In fact, they'll do greater works. Okay, so we love that verse. We're waiting for it to show up in our lives. But read this next verse. It says, because I, this is Jesus, I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in me, the Son. That's the centerpiece of all healings and great works. That, that phrasing right there, because to the Son, that, that passage is the thing that is the center of the solar system of healing. The solar, like the healing world in Christianity, like we're waiting for all these things to, to show up in us. It's right there. It's Jesus being glorified. It's Jesus being glorified. It says, he, he's like, people will do all these wonderful things because of me, because God is excited to glorify me. This is the reason why this will ever happen, because of Jesus. And you say, well, am I qualified to see someone healed when I pray for them? Well, right, it has nothing to do with you, truthfully. I just want you to be in the right place at the right time because you're being led by the Spirit of God. That's it. And the Spirit of God will then do the work because it glorifies Jesus. So the invitation, guys, is that we're going to be anointed to go and do. You're really ready. You're really ready today. The thing that's going to increase for you is, is one, signs and wonders will follow you that believe that Jesus wants this to happen. That's a simple thing. That's one. Two, you're going to begin to realize the Spirit of God that's not just around me, he's in me. He's prompting me all the time in all these areas of my life. It's not an obedience test, it's a partnership. It's a, it's a, it's a like a blending together of his, him and me to where we get to where there's no separation, there's no question of the leading of the Lord, it's just me and him and we do everything together. It's like rice skating, that looks good, you see that? I got moves guys, I'm just telling you. Um, I, I want you to take courage and what we're going to do today is we're going to anoint you to go. We're going to lay hands on you if you volunteer to come up. And you're all going to come up that want to. All, just get in the line and we'll come up. Irona's going to come up and play the second song that she started the worship service with because that was the good one for the day. And they were all good. That was the, the one that kind of aligned with what we're talking about. And I want you guys to understand, just like he did with his disciples, he laid hands on them and he's like, go heal the sick. Come back and tell me how it goes. They came back and they're like, we did it. He's like, great. Let's do it again. Go out again. It's simple. So you then, just go and do it. Your friends that need healing, just ask them, hey, can I pray for you? Like now, in front of you, together. <laughs> Not like I'll send in a written prayer request. Like, can I just pray with you? This is super simple. God, God does this. Let's just ask if he'll do it right now. And we say, Jesus, in Jesus' name, be healed. Did that work? No? 
All right, let me try one more time. If it doesn't work, we'll do it again next week. All right. Did it work this time? Okay. If it didn't, come in. I got like 50 other people that'll pray for you. Maybe, maybe I got, got that one. Come in. Let's just let's keep going after this thing. Keep it super simple. You're qualified. It's not about you anyway. But we're going to anoint you just to go with boldness. We're going to anoint you to remind you that you're the son and daughter of God. You have the same spirit that he did. It's really simple. You don't need to be lost in wondering if the Father's around and if you're saying the right thing. You are like Jesus. You're saying the right thing. In fact, you are manifesting God here on earth. Just make sure you're functioning in love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Understanding. I always, like, my, my number one metric, or like my, my filter, if I'm like, should I do this? All I think of is love. Is love. Would love allow me to do this? Or how should I do this? In love. So just nice and easy. In love. Kind. Don't, eat, don't scream at people. Don't, don't get aggressive in their face and tell them about their sin. Just love them. And just pray for them to be healed because that's what Jesus died for. Many of you guys have a lot of friends that are, they're, they're, they're living like, this is not about our balcony, but they're living like in the balcony. I like you guys up there every week. Here's my balcony team. I like you guys. What's up? Uh, but they're living in the balcony, kind of observing Christianity from, from afar by choice, while they used to be kind of in the middle of things. Seasonally, in the body of Christ, that's happening. Post-COVID, a lot of people pulled out, withdrew, questioning, is this really significant or real enough for me to dedicate my time to, my life to? And, and I'll just tell you that the, let's call it a remnant or the group that has continued to kind of push through those questions because you've all asked them. You've all asked those questions. Like, do I need to keep going to this church? Not just this church, but church in general. Do I need to keep engaged? Because it seems like I can do everything on TV and it'll be cool. There's a reason God keeps pulling you back in. He wants you in his presence. He wants you experiencing. But that, that group that's on the balcony, they're not gone. They're not lost. They're actually waiting for someone to turn around and show them that there's power and authority and there's something real that's worth pursuing again. And for those of you who are here, you're, you've been drawn to stay. You've been drawn to come and like give your time and your effort to be in his presence for worship, to be in community, to be refined. It's all part of his perfect plan, and it's not going away. The medium's changing, but there's still a necessity for us to be together. And so I want you guys to understand, God is equipping you to turn to your friends that are in the balcony and go, come, come, let me meet you where you're at. Let me bring the power and presence of God, the authority of God, into your circumstance you are to go to them. Don't wait for them to come to you. You go to them. They need your love. They need your fellowship. They need your care. Don't engage with their philosophical ideas about the relevance of Christianity in the church. Just go, hey, can I pray for you? <laughs> like, what can, I want to be your friend and I want to be here for you. Don't get into the, like, the weird dance of like, why they're out. That's not even relevant. They're people and they need your love. And so you're, you're being empowered to go, and you should go. You should go now. You should go this week. Don't wait for instructions from heaven. Go. And while you go, partner with the Spirit of God in you. He will be there to equip you with the words. He'll be there with you with the authority to change their circumstance and show them the love. And then finally, guys, there's this obvious demographic. I like May's word. There's this obvious demographic of people that need our overt outreach. It's the poor, it's the broken, it's the fostered kids, it's the ones who are in, in financial, economic, personal need. Go find them. They will not come to you. Go find them. If we as a church begin to find them on the streets, we begin to find them in our neighborhoods. There's certain ones who you are exposed to all the time. There's certain lost ones who you are exposed to and they're in need all the time. 
You bring them a dollar, you bring them a prayer, you bring them a jacket, you bring them love. You are not exempt from that. You cannot ignore them. You have to go. You have to go. You have to go. And you go with that same spirit and you say, God, how do I love them and how do I meet them today? How do I be God to them in this moment? What would Jesus do in this moment? And I'm here equipped to do it. And I just, I challenge you, give clothing away. Give the money in your pocket away. Love them. Say the words that come into your head because that's that spirit in you. That's that spirit in you. Just saying something, anything, but don't ignore them anymore. And I'm going to pray that God starts opening your eyes to the ones that he's, he's prepared for you to go minister to. And you're going you're gonna to say yes. And there's going to be power behind you. And we're going to hear about the testimonies. It's going to be amazing. But you're equipped now. It's time. Because that same spirit is in you. All right. So we're going to do this. Come on, Irona. Can you do a round off on your way up? No? Backflip? Can you do a round off on your way up there? I couldn't either. Yeah, I just thought I'd ask. Whoo! We're going to pray just generally. I, guys, I want you to challenge yourself forward in boldness, in creativity, in silencing what might be you in your dwelling and empowering what might be him. Those are the risks we need to begin to take. It's like, this could be me, but man, it sounds a lot like him. I think I'm going to lean into anything that might be him. I was at the coffee shop the other day. I was looking out the window. I was doing something very important, I'm sure. <laughs> and God started talking to me about a guy that was sitting in a truck. He was obviously working. And God just, he's like, that's a really good man. I was like, cool. <laughs> and I went back to work because <laughs> I knew what was coming. <laughs> this is, and, and this is how it works. And I just want you to know, like, no matter how clear he is, you make a choice to partner with that spirit in you. And as you do, it gets bigger. And then he'll come again. And you get a chance to partner again. It gets a little bigger. And then, he get, you know, and then every time you go, no, I'm not partnering with you. He doesn't get smaller but it's a person you're rejecting in you. It's the spirit of God in you that you're trying to develop a relationship with that it's like, I trust you. Anything you say to do is good. It's for my benefit and theirs. It's never not good. And so I'm trying to kill the things in me that like get me to resist that spirit. And so I'm sitting there in the spirit of God and I know who he is. He goes, that's a really good guy out there. I'm like, all right, cool. And I, I went on with my thing, and he goes, hey, that's a really good guy out there. I'm like, okay, what would you like me to do? He's like, go tell him he's a really good guy, and I'm really proud of him and what he's doing for his family. So I did, and it was beautiful. And that's it. It's yielding. It's yielding. I gave him a fist bump. I was like, hey man, God's really proud of you. He's watching you. He loves who you are and who you are for your family. I pray that things are good for you and for your family. He goes, thanks man. That was it. That's powerful. It feels like something Jesus might say to somebody where it just turns their eyes and turns their gaze when maybe their eyes and gaze were kind of getting just bent in a direction of heaviness and hardship. You yield, you yield, you yield to the prompting in the Spirit of God. You yield, you yield, you yield to the Spirit of God in you. And suddenly you'll see that your Jesus manifests in these environments that God has called only you to. He sent one person into the world to affect the people you're supposed to affect. There's just one. It's you. You can trust him to lead you into impacting the world he's called you into. Don't let it be for somebody else to, 
to do. Just say yes. Get crazy. Say yes. Give them your jacket. Give them your shirt. Give them that word of encouragement. Give them the word of knowledge. Take risk. Don't stop. Because that spirit in you is going to start to grow to a point where when you walk in the room, we go, the presence of God is here. It looks a lot like May, but the presence of God is here in May in a way that I've never experienced it before. There's somebody that's yielded. There's somebody who's letting the Spirit of God grow in their dwelling to the point where the paint on the outside of the house is looking better. The countenance of the, v- the vessel is starting to turn into this bright and shining, joyful, life-giving person. It's exciting. It's a big invitation. Today is going to be a beautiful day for you because I really feel like there's a number of you that are going to say, God, let's do it. And let's not stop. And let's see what you make of me. Let's see what you do with me. Let's see where you send me and who we impact. It's going to be beautiful. All right. Can I have my three prayer people, my two, Sophia and Vera? And then I'll be up here too. And you guys situate yourself if you want to sit, stand. We're going to do this. We're going to lay hands on you. And we're going to anoint you to go. That's it. We're not talking to you. We're not counseling you. We're anointing you. Does that make sense? You don't need to talk. You need to receive the anointing of God. This is the anointing of God to empower you to go and never look back. You say, well, I understand all this stuff. I've tried this stuff. Well, it's a new season. It's a new day. And it's time for you to go in boldness and to see the fruit of God everywhere you go. And so we want to encourage you. We're going to sing this song. I want you guys to stand in worship. And, and I just want you to walk up here and then walk by each of us and we'll lay hands on you. And then you go back and worship. And then after that, you can have an awesome week. Come back with testimonies of the good things God challenged you to do. Whether you did them or not, we want to hear what his challenges were.